Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to the Neil Before Pod interview segment. I'm your host Craig and I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to actors Sylvester McCoy, Robert Picardo and John Bett who are impressing audiences with their hilarious stage show A Joke currently playing at the Edinburgh Fringe. The show is about three men who think they are the components of a joke and the play deconstructs what it takes to be funny by exploring the possibilities. It's a laugh riot and if you're in Edinburgh do get yourselves along to see it. The link to where to buy tickets is in the show notes. So just click on that and uh, get yourselves along for a hilarious early evening of entertainment. So I talked to the actors about the show and some other things too, so I hope you enjoy. I'm here with Sylvester McCoy, Robert Picardo and John Beck, the stars of the stage show A Joke. Hi, welcome on. Thank you. Thank you. So... um, Back in Edinburgh, second year with this show, uh, first year for yourself, John. Yes, um, so I'm the newbie. <laughs> so how is it being back, and um, how's the fringe for you this year? Well, I've just had a haircut, so my fringe is gone. <laughs> but, um, being back is great, you know, and Bob, he can't grow a fringe, but you've got your fringe. Yeah, I've got quite a lot of fringe. <laughs> <laughs> so we know about haircuts, that's good. Yes. Uh, and how about the Fringe Festival? How's that going this year? Great, I think. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's really great. I've, I've been coming since the 1970s, and um, they still let me in. <laughs> it's just got bigger, like, like Dropsy, it has grown. It has, indeed. So, have you guys seen anything that um, you'd recommend to listeners? Ken. Ken. It's a piece about Ken Campbell. Alright. And it's quite gloriously funny. But, um, yeah, it's great. I would recommend that. Um, well, yeah. And I, speaking as someone who really only has heard of Ken Campbell mm-hmm. through Sylvester's stories, as because he was such a major force in, in uh, Sylvester's career, um, so I've heard a little about him. But uh, it's it's completely entertaining. Whether you know any, the play, just you know, leads you from the beginning, so yeah. you don't have to know anything in advance about him. The two uh, performers are extraordinary, in it, and it's really delightful and and moving evening. And uh, proselytizing has worked very well because I'm going to go and see it. <laughs> really, yeah, we get a kickback on every ticket. Uh, word of mouth, commission, it's all good. Uh, what about yourself, John? What have you seen that you um, uh, Well, I haven't seen all that much. And, uh, and it's too late to go and see The Barbara Seville, which I mm. thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I thought it was great. Cool, because I went to The Barbara and you went to Seville. I went to Seville. <laughs> and I went to Glasgow to see Van Morrison, which is oh, always right. a treat. Yeah. But I know that's not part of the Fringe Festival, but. I'm not originally from Edinburgh, so I'm equal opportunities. Glasgow, Edinburgh, fine, fine by me. And as a as a newcomer to the Fringe Festival, this is only my second yep. season working here, and I'd only been as an audience member once before. It's just one of the great events of the world. It's mm. unlike uh, anything else. We're to find, you know. It's literally nearly 4,000 plays that yeah. are happening over the course of four weeks and something like 56,000 performances over those four weeks. It's just... And the sun shone during rehearsals, which is pretty good. Yeah, we've had, we've had some very nice weather. We've had a great summer. Only had hailstones once, a <laughs> good amount of sun. Yeah. I love the bus system here, which I fall in love with. Yeah, yeah. you realise when you saw those hailstones, why golf was invented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just smacking him off the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
I'll say this is your second year doing this show and, and it seems it's a very much a passion project to you based on the fact it was crowdfunded and things like that. Mm-hmm. How did you, you guys get involved and, and John as well? How did you get involved over um, as a kind of extra actor from last year there was someone different and uh, this year it's like yourself? Do you want to talk about the genesis of it? Well, yeah, well I got involved because Dan Freeman who wrote it and I worked together a lot and mm-hmm. we were very close and friendly and he, well, I decided I didn't really want to do theatre anymore because it's, a very, it's the hardest kind of work an actor does. Um, and I thought, well, well, just chill out and do films if I can, conventions <laughs> around the world. Anyway, he said, I've written, I want to write a play for you. And I thought, oh, well, we'll do it. And he did. And then he said to me, oh, um, do, you know, do you, know, you know Bob Picardo, don't you? I said, yeah. He said, well, um, could you get him in this radio audio thing we're doing and then after Bob did that and passed the test he said do you think he might do the play and then so Dan wrote it for, with Bob and myself in, 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 in mind and another another actor who was an English actor who sadly couldn't do this I mean not sadly that's a terrible thing to say well, that's fine. <laughs> it, it was delighted by the way <laughs> that you got to sing in the play. It seems you like to no, sing no, in no, your no, project. No, no, yeah. no, I mean, I, it's not a requirement. But it is a requirement for Sylvester to play spoons. But <laughs> it's in my contract. In your contract? Yes. That clause has to be honoured. He asked if I were... He knew that I sang on Star Trek, so he knew that I... And then he asked if I was willing to sing, and uh, I suppose I didn't say no. <laughs> so, so, but it is a you know it's actually very charming. It's, it's a sweet it's a sweet little yeah. song and and you need a you know um, if you if you we've learned from Shakespeare that if, they, that if you don't know how to end your comedy everybody either gets married at the end everybody dances yeah. or everybody sings. Well, we forgot to get married. <laughs> What? We, forgot to, we forgot to get married. Yeah. Next year, script Next revision. Year, thank you. Really, he's already asked, and yeah. I'm just thinking about it. Think about it. We're married. Yes. Are we? I think we should have a divorce for my half of the time. Well, the script has changed a little bit since last year. Bit, yes. And the presentation as well. Uh, when I saw it last year, it was more in the round, yeah. whereas this year it's straight on. So. Well, we, 
We thought we knew it was in the round, but there was another one of the actors on the stage. <laughs> a surprise to me. My recollection was it was in the three quarter, which means there's a whole side of the audience I can play. Right, no recollection. There we go. Play with fans. But I showed them my best feature. Yes, you did. <laughs> so was that a change dictated by the kind of location, or is it just yeah. um, the kind of? Yeah. It's, yeah, we, we have this much more. We have chandeliers. Yeah. Ah. We have chandeliers everywhere. <laughs> Each one of those chandeliers is worth a million pounds. Did, did you hear that? Wow. So if you if come see the play, just look at the chandeliers. Just, you know, yeah, like, you got your money's worth already. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, because I've heard that with plays, so you have to be adaptable with the location that you're in. Sometimes you might get to expand, sometimes you might oh, yeah, not. It is so. a very comfortable space. We all yeah. like it to play in. Yeah. And, uh, the, the sound I think works quite well yeah. people have told us when you do the right comedy can be in, it's interesting a bit difficult especially visual comedy because if someone's behind you and you're going they don't see the face that you make you know yeah. I mean? so you to, but whereas for the prosa arts you just look out bang so it makes that kind of comedy crisper Mm-hmm. Whereas, but then in the round is much more intimate, which is, you know, the positive side of that. You, can, you know, you, 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 which makes it that enjoyable. Yeah, it's harder to spit on the audience this year. Well, they're a bit further away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unintentionally spit. I would never intentionally spit. It's just when I get excited. Yeah. Front three rows will get wet. <laughs> You've all done film, TV, and uh, theatre, so do you have a preference you mentioned that is Radio. the hardest? No, Radio. No, no, no. You, don't <laughs> you don't have, have to learn the lines. And, you don't and, you know, and the you set doesn't wobble, and you're six feet tall. You know, it's great. And nobody laughs at Radio, unless the producer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think, the, you know, for me, anyway, the, the quality of uh, a live performance is, is great for me. And it varies every day, people don't realise it. Yeah. How much an audience can affect every yeah. day. They detect they do. what happens quite a lot. Keep you awake. <laughs> you don't laugh when you think they're going to laugh. Laugh when they haven't laughed before. All that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I suppose theatre is the best, but as I said earlier, so you're bailing you know, out because it's quite exhausting. <laughs> can imagine, especially with how many shows you've got on as well. Yeah. There's so many of them doing it for an hour each day and, and things like that. So, yeah. It's awfully two hours, some days are four hours, some days yeah. are, you know. It's Ken good. Campbell's was 21 hours, two and two hours. <laughs> we have a civilised time at 4 21. <laughs> yes, that means we get to the bar by 5.30, yes. yeah. which is great. I mean, if you don't, you don't want to be at an 11 a.m. show and be gone to the bar at noon, or maybe you do, but not, I think it's just... A, in Scotland, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's not as expected. After lunch time, you're, you're okay. You're, I was hoping to make it till six o'clock, frankly, <laughs> but uh, five thirty is okay. Or during the fringe, there is no. No, there's no. Well, I noticed there's actually the only thing that the only thing that there's more of than theater is drinking here. In the fringe. <laughs> so if you're thinking, it just in case that you're you're not interested in theater, you should still come to the fringe anyway. Yeah. Because you'll have a great time ignoring the theater and just drinking outside the theater venues. But uh, but we we hope that the one play that you'll see when you come is a joke. Yeah. And we should talk about the joke, really. Yes. We forgot to talk about the play. Yeah, we talked about Ken, which is great, and some other things, but the joke. Yeah, so the basically it's a deconstructing concept of a joke. It's how it is. Yeah, I wondered. That's <laughs> I know, I know. It was me telling you what your job is. But, uh, no, no, I need to know. So, yeah, uh, so you deconstruct it, because it's one of those long-running questions, isn't it, in... in 
anything what's funny yeah. you know like what makes something funny because obviously the uh, humour is more subjective than a lot of other things some will find something hilarious and others won't so was that kind of the the idea behind it just to explore what might be funny yes I think that was Dan's thing was to work out what was humorous and what wasn't and also you have a great excuse to tell bad jokes you know, and, and, and then you deconstruct it. I mean, I love the idea of doing a racist joke, and then the audience laugh, and then you deconstruct it, and then they look embarrassed. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. <laughs> and the, the through line of the narrative is the jokes get a bit more coherent as it goes on as well. Yeah. So yeah. I guess well, it's I'm responsible for the incoherent ones. <laughs> the man without a claims he wrote the character for me, and then I read the play, and I'm playing the stupidest character <laughs> I've ever played before. And I'm thinking, what exactly does he think of me? Uh, well, no, now you know what he thinks of me. It's clear. <laughs> Normally, I, I, I said uh, I said to Dan back then. I said it to, to John when he joined our cast. Normally, the kind of roles I play not leave out the accent, but the attitude of the British character is what I would normally. And you know, I usually play yeah. uh, sarcastic and the, the, the one with the, the disdainer. Oh wow! So no no acting required. <laughs> <laughs> so to play the to play the the kind of like. Uh, you know, enthusiastic numbnuts. Yeah. Is numbnuts a British word? Because we um, use that at home. Yeah, we know what they were going. And you do it so well. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new, a new. It's a new. It's a new. A new route. A new, exactly. route, yeah. a new route. <laughs> and you're sort of the hopeful optimist as well. So yes. Is that kind of characters you like to play? Uh, or, uh, hopeful, optimistic type characters. Uh, that was my whole life, really. Yeah. Hopeful, optimist, and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's hard to be optimistic back home in the States at the moment. It's actually hard. But I'm very optimistic. Or possibly over here. No, it is. Not possibly. It's not. No, No, I mean, we started it off with Brexit. (laughs) You took up the baton and ran and made it even more exaggerated. What was the name of the play about the Fourth Estate that you... The satire of the Fourth Estate. Well, if you turn it into the assassination of the Fourth Estate, you could go do it. Yeah, the that's, right. that's, exactly that's right. exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah he's because destroying democracy in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you're the cynic, John. I'm, 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 I'm a self-confessed bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously the bad guy. They're all more Yeah. And, and I'm English. I don't know what. I'm not really English, of course. <coughs> but I'm English. And do you enjoy playing cynical characters? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. To get to drag the mood down. <laughs> he he's constantly he he is the for meaninglessness mm-hmm. that nothing has any meaning, and of course the Irishman is searching for meaning, and the Scotsman is along for the ride. He's happy for you know whatever's happening as long as people are engaged and doing something. Yeah. He's happy to be on the journey, which ultimately because they represent different viewpoints yeah. of, of life. You have the, you know, uh, John's character being so cynical and negative. You kind of wonder, you know, why bother? Why why live at all if you're going to be that? Whereas, and then the Irishman is the, the one who's searching for meaning, but but optimistically, and his optimism is bruised a bit by the, by the Englishman's negativity. And my character is just... You know, my key line is, you know, why does it have to be anything? Why does yeah. life have to mean anything? Let's just be. Is the his you know, philosophy? Yeah. Years ago, I was in a social theory company with two of the staff and black like all, and uh, one of the founders said to me, 
You're not really a socialist. What you are is a romantic anarchist. <laughs> what I, think I, am, uh, I think I'm a romantic anarchist in this. Uh, yes. You no, it's a lovely He gets a lot of laughs out of negativity, which is not easy to do, yeah. especially when a character, you know, a character that kind of announces his worldview and doesn't really change that kind of play. He gets, he, John gets, squeezes maximum amusement out of mm. that. That's where Samuel Beckett tries that, doesn't he? He does it very well. Yeah. Mm. So what do you see yourselves doing next? Is the play going to um, expand? Living. Living, just <laughs> take some time, chill out. My age, that's all I see myself <laughs> doing next. Me, I'm off to go to Bangkok by train all the way from London to England. Oh, wow. Yep, I'm going through Paris to pick up a train to Mar- Moscow, Moscow to um, Moscow to Mongolia, Mongolia to China, China to Vietnam, Vietnam to. He's a person who read his first grandchild. Yeah, my first grandchild is about to come into the world. Oh, wow, congrats. A little girl called Lily, we think. Well, we'll, we'll, they're going to say to her, hello, Lily, and if she goes, <laughs> uh, well, I used chasing the lilies of the field. Yeah. I am um, uh, going to say a little <laughs> punt in for yes. the show that I'm doing next, which is something I've written and directed, okay. uh, called Tipping the Hat. Mm-hmm. It's a show about Flanders and Swan. And it's going on at the Oren Moor, the Travers, and Haddon House. Definition show. Yeah. And when does that drop? Uh, it starts on the 24th of September. Oh, right. So very soon. And because I haven't uh, done enough science fiction in my life, <laughs> I will be in the, the next season of Orville, the Seth MacFarlane. Oh, yes. Yeah, you were in the, the first season. I had a cameo in that. Now I have... Uh, uh, can't get enough science fiction. You can't so get enough science fiction. <laughs> oh, I only did... I've already done it. All right. And uh, I, uh, they have, I think, ten new episodes. All right. Orville. Oh, well, that, that was a puppet we had, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The duck. The duck, yeah. Orville. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but this is a spaceship called the USS yes. or, oh, right. and it's basically named after the puppet. it really is his version of Star Trek he went to yeah. CBS pitched them he said if you, I'd like to do the new Star Trek show and they said they were afraid to give, put, take their billion dollar franchise and put it in Seth MacFarlane's <laughs> hands because they didn't know what he would do with it so then when they said no to him he just said okay I'll make my own show <laughs> that will be remarkably Star Trek related yeah. <laughs> And uh, you, know, you probably get asked this all the time. In fact, you definitely do. But could you say the famous line just on the recording? Of mine? Yeah. I told you. <laughs> Please state the nature of the medical emergency. Brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, you wouldn't think that's not, that's not a great catchphrase. Thanks for the memories. It's much better. Yeah. <laughs> We've got that too. Um, so, so is the play going to endure? Is it going to be back at Fringe next year? Is it going to appear who in other venues? This who doesn't know? Because he's no longer in charge of the TARDIS. Some other... <laughs> Beckers taken it off him. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew, I'd tell you. Cool. So we'll watch we it, it may have a future life at this point. We I know the producers are interested in yeah. in doing it elsewhere. <laughs> so, and we've gotten some very nice reviews, including the, a five star review that said that that uh, that the West End and Broadway await. So, yeah, cool. So. Yeah, but it was the Broadway is eating Broadway. <laughs> 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 So, last question, it's the one we always do. Um, I ask, what superpower would you have and why? You know, anyone you can want, anyone you can think of. There is no limit. Yes, and don't say testosterone, man. <laughs> you or just say, say that if you want. You can say it if you want. I would just like to fly. Yeah, fly. Really That's a popular one. That saves the effort. Saves you money, yeah. yeah. I would like 
to do what Superman did because my real name is Kent. So as a child, yeah. I was Clark Kent and I oh. used to go into the telephone boxes, take my clothes off and come out and get arrested. <laughs> do you mean have x-ray vision or just everything Superman? No, All of them picked your own. I think mind reading would be a good mind reading. for me. You know. yeah. Quite invasive though. It's very invasive. Yeah. yeah. You don't, want, you, want to, you don't want to know what people really think. Really think it's me. You don't want to know what we really I think. I would, I, I've read your mind. It's a very short story. <laughs> Good answers. Thank you very much. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Lovely questions. That was my interview with the cast of A Joke. I wish them all the best with the show and their other projects. If you like what you heard, then hit that subscribe button on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. iTunes users, leave us a review and a star rating. And I hope you'll join us on the next Neil Before Pod.